guys, what is good? This is Morgan Mueller coming at you with the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. We actually have each of these episodes begin as a YouTube video. So if you would like to watch the original content on YouTube, search my name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, on YouTube, look for the Joy and Hope logo. But otherwise, thanks for being here. Enjoy the podcast. Do I have lipstick on my teeth? <laughs> no, because I don't wear lipstick, so we're good. <laughs> Great. <Yeah. laughs> hey guys, Morgan here with Sister Carolyn, and we are bringing you another episode of Joy and Hope. Before we get started, Sister, will you say a little prayer sure. with us? Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks for this day. We thank you for the gift that it is, to, that we belong to you, that we can truly call you Father, and that you are good. And because you are good, Father, you loved us into existence and you hold us in existence by your love, we are good too. So we ask for the grace to be able to receive our goodness as a gift from you, to live out our identities as your beloved sons and daughters, that we may glorify you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. And thank you for being here. Yeah, this- it's great to be here in KC, back home, sort of. I lived in Kansas City for three years on the Kansas side. The whole debatable. <laughs> and we're going to let that go. Just, I'm just going to leave that right here. We'll just leave that right there. Okay. <laughs> we are currently on the Missouri side. Let it be known to everyone watching. But, but go Thunder. So shout out to any <laughs> patrons from St. James Academy. Yes. We were talking go about that Thunder. earlier. God has done great things with Sister Carolyn's life. And it is just awesome. Um, all the ways he's worked through her. And also the fact that he has placed us in each other's lives as well. I met Sister Carolyn last year. Actually doing a discernment group that she began back in St. Louis when I was still living in the St. Louis area. And it was so cool. It was such a different discernment group than I'd ever been a part of because up until that point in my life, whenever I heard the word discernment, the worst word, the dreaded word, um, I immediately thought, am I supposed to be a nun? Am I supposed to be a sister? And maybe that is a lot of your thinking as well, especially if you're a young Catholic adult or you went to Benedictine or Franciscan. So we're gonna talk about why the question, are you discerning, is a dumb question to begin with. We're gonna talk about what <laughs> discernment actually is, just in a nutshell. Um, and then from that, if the Lord does invite you into this deeper discernment toward religious life, Um, what that actually means or what that actually looks like and a little bit of Sister Carolyn's story as well. She didn't know that. We'll just see what the Holy Spirit's going to do because this all could get wrecked in like a hot minute. So (laughs) So true. Come Holy Spirit, let her rip as we say. (laughs) Amen. Yes, we love the Holy Spirit. Um, We definitely recognize that he is in charge of this, that he's leading us and definitely led us, as I said, to each other. And the reason that this this discernment group called Love's Reply that Sister started Um, was so different was because it was so freeing and it really just emphasized like what it was just for young adult Catholic women. Um, so it really emphasized like, who am I like as a daughter of the father? And then from that, where is my identity as a daughter? What does that look like? And then what does it look like to follow the Lord's lead of love rather than my own will, which is something that I did for a really long time. 
Um, and so it was very different because it wasn't, let's figure out if you're supposed to be a sister. It was, what does it mean to be a daughter of God before anything else and to just follow him wherever he leads you. So back when that was all happening, one of the, not to spoil the (laughs) ending or a lot of things from the group, but one of my favorite, one of my favorite times that we were all together, sisters really shared with us what it means to actually receive that call. And we'll get into all that in a little bit, but first we're just going to have a little bit of fun with sister. Um, (laughs) we were talking before this and I was like, Oh, I have to bring this up. Um, so sister recently saw Hamilton. Did I'm a little bit, be- I'm like four years behind the times, but I know, mean, like everybody is, if we didn't actually go see it and just waited until it was coming out on Disney plus, we knew there would be a pandemic eventually that would render it like possible to see it for free. So some of us waited. Six ninety nine a month. <laughs> Come on. Oops. Well, <laughs> my, my parents are good to me. Anyway. <laughs> Moving They're on. the best. Actually, that's how I saw it. I was on home visit, and my parents, they, they you know, did a little spray. We couldn't do a whole lot like we usually do on home visit, so they, they sprung <laughs> for Disney Plus so that I could watch Hamilton. Shout out Sister Carolyn's mom and dad. If you're Thanks, watching. Mom Thanks, Mom uh, But I will say I loved I did enjoy it, and I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I thought I was like, oh, this is all just hype. But Lin-Manuel Miranda actually is a musical genius, and... But it's funny because, like, you know, Moana, he wrote the music for that, yes. too. So you can kind of hear some of the same beats in the back of Hamilton. I was like, that's because, oh, yeah, Moana. <laughs> that's how I know that. It sounds that's like awesome. Moana, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you got Disney+, Plus, what you really got to watch is the show called Encore, <laughs> which is awesome, if you, especially if you like musical theater. But basically, they take people who did musical theater back in the high school days, like in the 90s at some point, way back then, sometimes even earlier than that, and they bring them back together now to put on the same show they put on in high school. And so, so you get funny. all of the backstory on them and they show like side by sides of like their role back then and their role now and how they've grown up. It's just, I really enjoy it. And um, we had a couple of rainy days on home visit and that was a great rainy day activity. Yeah, and I've never heard of it. So apparently we all need to go watch Encore. And this, my friends, by the way, is like easy evangelization. Like we're so used <laughs> to saying, go watch the show, go to this restaurant. But like, yeah. really? Why can't we do that with Jesus? Seriously. Seriously. So... There you go. Just drops knowledge like that. This is Sister Carolyn for you. And she's Sister Carolyn of the Franciscan Sisters of the Martyr St. George. Boom, you nailed it. Most okay. people mess that up, but great. Yes. I practiced before <laughs> this. Um, isn't there another way to say it? We were Sisters about- of St. Francis of the Martyr St. George. What? Sisters, yeah, just wrap it and add a good <laughs> rhythm to it and kind of keep it in line. There you go. But so- Franciscan Sisters of the Martyr St. George, if you ever see our initials, it's FSGM, like Franciscan Sisters of George the Martyr, because it's from the Latin. Uh, and it just kind of emphasizes the reality that the product is Franciscan and the brand is of the Martyr St. George. Because, you know, there's all kinds of Franciscan sisters out there. True that. Some crazier than Shout others. Shout out. Just, like, not to name any names. No, we're not naming names. <laughs> just and I mean, it depends say. on your definition of crazy and like, you know, there's a good kind of crazy. That's true. I mean, Francis was a little bit crazy. We're celebrating his feast day coming up pretty yeah, soon that, here. Mm-hmm. Whenever this drops, what's that? What's his feast day? The 4th? The 4th. When's that? Is that Monday? Sunday. Ah, uh, okay. Well, this is going to air a day after that. So Boom. happy belated feast of St. Francis at this point. If you didn't know that was yesterday, go celebrate today. Go pet an animal. Oh, don't. Uh, <laughs> I knew me, she was going to do that. I just want to dry heave a little bit. No. <gasps> What's a good way Francis, to celebrate? Go to adoration. Mm. Go for the stations of the cross. Mm. Francis is Francis, not because he pet trees. I mean, that's just people, people pet trees. I guess. 
people some, hug trees. Some people probably pet trees, but some you know, he's not trees. just the patron saint of bird baths and like pet blessings, right? Francis is Francis. He's Saint Francis because of his love for Jesus and Jesus, the incarnation, right? The crib, the cross, and the Eucharist. Those three mm. places where Jesus comes to meet us in the midst of life, uh, in the midst of the messiness of life. Really, none of those places are super like clean and pristine. We have beautiful, cleaned-up crucifixes on our walls, and we have nativity scenes that don't have the animal poop in them. But the reality is, messy places. True that. But they're the places of encounter, and so Jesus wants to meet us in the encounter of our lives, in the, in the messiness sometimes. So celebrate by going to pray the stations or going to adoration. Yeah. And just bring the mess that you are to the Lord and ask him to bless it because he loves you. So that's something I love about Sister Carolyn also. She just is so passionate and unashamed, unashamedly like passionate about everything. And I love that's why I'm Franciscan, I think. I don't really know like that Franciscan element in me. You know, Francis, like everyone's dropping their little coins down in the confessio of St. Peter's and he's like, Psh, pours the whole thing out. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Love him. Love it. All the way. All the way in. All in. A... Men, speaking of which, okay, we're going to get to Sister's story in a minute. Really looking forward to that. Um, first, let's kind of talk about what this video is. So, to discern or not to discern. <laughs> why is that a stupid that is question? not the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is it not the question? She said Shakespeare never. But, but yeah, it's okay, so here's the thing. We live in a culture, especially like Catholic young adult culture, there's just this like, are you discerning? And what you really mean to say is, are you thinking about religious life? Because people don't go up to anyone and just be like, are you discerning if they're like thinking about marriage or if they're dating someone, right? Discernment is for everyone, first of all. Discernment is a lifelong process. I'm still discerning even though I'm in my, I'm in final vows. Like I'm not going anywhere. They can't kick me out and I can't get rid of them. Like this is it, you know? Um, But discernment is a way of being with Jesus. It's a way of being with him and allowing relationship with Jesus to be what sorts out all the things in life. In fact, the word discernment comes from Latin dicere, which means to sift or to cut away at, so you're able to see more precisely. And so, are you discerning? Should be The answer should be yes for all of us. Uh, if you want to ask someone if they're discerning religiously, first of all, it's not really a whole lot of your business, but um, if you want to maybe encourage someone, like, have you ever thought about religious life, or are you thinking about religious life? That would be a better way of saying it, because um, are you discerning? It's just, it puts someone in a box, first of all, and it makes, it kind of maybe takes the responsibility off of you a little bit. Yeah, like, so if anyone ever asks you that, and you're like, well, I am thinking about religious life. Just turn the, turn the question back on someone and be like, are you discerning? Just like that. <laughs> Have just you thought about touche. it? Touche. <laughs> Mic yeah. drop. There okay. Yeah. So that's why, or first and foremost, why we wanted to make this video because it's a drag. And that's something that I shared with Sister recently. And one of our mutual friends has also shared with Sister a handful of times. It's just like, you get so sick of that question because people people mean well. And I think some like... Catholics, especially once apparently you hit 80, it's like your new life goal to just ask every single person in your parish that's under 20. Right. That actually comes to daily mass. Like yeah. You're the 20 year old daily mass and the 80 year olds are like, oh, I think they're going to be a nun. Yeah. Or, oh, that boy should be a priest. And it's like, maybe, but that's not up for you to decide. Like, mm. so the reason we wanted to make this video is just to really speak into what's God's voice in this? And maybe what are just some well-meaning voices? And even Um, well-meaning voices of our own. Well, like not dating anyone right now and God's never really brought anyone into my life. And so I'm probably called to be a sister because I just never dated. Like, "Mm, no, no, not a good enough reason. No. Mm. Um, I remember during one of our love's reply sessions, 
sister literally shared this story of this one young woman who sounded a lot like me. I was like, oh, I relate to that. Who apparently was going to just take a year off to discern, to discern religious <laughs> life. And what did you tell her? I said, that's stupid. <laughs> Don't do it. Because you do not discern in a vacuum. Discernment cannot happen in a vacuum. You got to live your life mm-hmm. and live, again, with the, the, the key prepositional phrase here, with Jesus. Like, live your life with Jesus and you will gradually find yourself walking your way into your vocation. It's not a matter of like, I'm going to take a year off to discern. No. And live in your parents' basement and go visit a million different religious communities and get confused about what happens where and which ones were what habits and which ones pray this way. No. Recognize what is the shape of my heart. How has the Lord shaped me? What are the natural ways that I pray? What are the natural spiritualities that I'm drawn to? I am way too Franciscan to be a Dominican or a Benedictine or a Carmelite. Like I just, I just always knew. Like there's no way. If I'm called a religious life. I don't need to go visit all these communities, even though there's some awesome communities that live in those, in those religious families. I didn't need to spend my time or my money doing that because I knew that my heart was way too Franciscan to live in that. So I could just kind of start with, okay, what are the Franciscan communities that are out there? You know? So let's get into sister's story just a little bit for how that actually happened for you. Because for me, as I've shared on previous episodes, it was more of a a pressured thing like oh I'm gonna think about religious life because I haven't dated anyone not because I didn't want to but just none of the guys I liked have asked me out and it's been a while and I'm a Benedictine and everybody keeps asking everybody does there yeah and everybody keeps asking me have you thought about being a sister slash two people from my hometown who went to Benedictine left in the middle of it to go join convents so it's just one of those things where it's like okay I guess that I'm supposed to try this thing rather than yeah see what the shape of my heart is and like where the lord was leading me i just wanted to figure it out mm. i just that's another to problem with like the discernment kind of like mentality is i've got to discern this so i can wrap my mind around it and i can do what i gotta do and, and, and it's all about me it's all about me grasping and controlling and discernment it has nothing to do with the grasping and controlling as much as it does about opening up our hands and seeing what's laid out there and then kind of sifting through like, oh, let's move this to the side here. We move this to the side. And as you move things to the side, you start to see what becomes most clear and it rises to the surface. Mm. So how yeah. did that happen for you? For me, um, I grew up in a Catholic family from Rhode Island originally. My mom and uh, dad still live there. So again, shout out mom and dad if you're <laughs> watching this, which you might be because sometimes you randomly Google videos of me and watch them <laughs> on YouTube and you miss me. So um, anyway, it's <laughs> what happens. It's all the things. Um, yeah, super like, you know, just normal Catholic family. We went to mass on Sundays. I went to public school for 13 years, religious ed once a week. I have a brother and a sister who are twins. Uh, kind of a fun fact is that my sister is also a sister. And we entered the convent the same day, two different places. Mm. She's a Dominican. I'm a Franciscan. It's kind of like Army Navy. I'll let you decide who's who. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was like the Catholic girl. You know, I went to youth group. We didn't have one at our parish, but I was involved in regional youth ministry and was in the choir. And, you know, at confirmation class, I was confirmed as a sophomore in high school people always wanted to sit near me because they knew I knew the answers and like, mm. or like at mass, we'd go to mass like as a class and they would always want to sit near me. So they knew what to do, like when to sit, stand and kneel. Wow. And, uh, so kind of like most of my friends in high school were like, you're the Catholic girl. And we took one of those tests where you fill in the dots and it gives you possible careers. And mine came back saying I'd be in some kind of religious ministry, theater and drama or education. So they started to tease me and they're like, you're going to be a nun who wears tennis shoes and plays a guitar and drives a 15 passenger van and teaches drama at a Catholic high school. <laughs> And so my response is always to shut them down. Like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But I realized as I was shutting them down, there was something in my heart that thought this could maybe be a thing. 
Uh, but the only sisters that I really knew at that point in my life were old and angry. So that wasn't something that was attractive to me. I feel wasn't thinking like, yeah, that would be something that I could possibly do. So the deal that I made with God was, all right, I'll work for you. So I'll go to Franciscan University and I'll study theology and I'll get a degree in theology. And then I'll work as a Catholic school teacher or a youth ministry or something like that. Um, so that was a deal. And I got to Franciscan and I met two groups of people that would change my life forever. Uh, group A were the cute Catholic boys. <laughs> and group B were the sisters that were under the age of 60, smiled, wore cute shoes, and seemed to be pretty normal. And I was like, that could maybe be a thing. But let's just let's just become obsessed group with the cute a. Catholic boys. Group <laughs> A. Um, I can marry one of them, and then we can have like 10 kids, and they can all be priests and sisters, and God will get off my back. Is just this idea that it could possibly be a thing. Like There's just this little like fluttering of like, maybe that could be me someday was there and I, I just shut it down. I just shut it down, shut it down so I didn't have mm-hmm. to deal with it. Um, graduated, got ready to graduate and I had a, landed a job in Tennessee, which is not Rhode Island, for those of you keeping score here, it's very far from it. Uh, very different, but my best friend had told me about this job and it seemed like a really good fit. So I moved down there and the same weekend that I got the job, I actually, he asked me to start dating and it was like Whoa. everything I could possibly imagine. Perfect. All the thing, all the things like my checklist of qualities for the perfect Catholic husband, he had them mm. all. So I was like, yep, perfect. So I bought a minivan cause I thought we're going to get married. I'm going to need a minivan. So the, the kind of a fun fact, the only car that's ever been in my name was a minivan. Oh my God. Uh, and so that was great. And life was so good. And I was on cloud nine and just like, like, yeah, it was just awesome for three months. And then we broke up. And I was living halfway across the country from my family. Dream job still, which is good. Um, but a lot of loneliness. And, you know, when we experience loneliness, and most people experience some element of this in this in this year of 2020 with all the things that shall not be named. But, you know, really, in a sense, when we experience loneliness, we have two choices. We can either lean in or we can run away. And thanks be to God, I had the grace to lean in. And leaning into the loneliness looked like spending a lot of time in the church late at night. I'd bring my Bible, my journal, and my guitar and would go and would sit, I just I would just sit there in the church and just be with the Lord. And that being with, haha, with Jesus is actually what led to the sifting. To start to recognize my thoughts and my feelings and my desires as they rose to the surface. To start to recognize the places and spaces that were like, oh, like actually marriage and family life is the natural desire, but there's a supernatural desire that's here. Marriage and family life is the natural call, but there's a call to something else here. Not better or worse, just different. Uh, and that's, you know, I mean, the documents of the church do say that religious life is the objectively higher calling in the sense that it's aimed at something higher immediately. It's the supernatural vocation, right? So, uh, but just starting to see, like, I think that my heart was created to be a spiritual mother more than it was created to be a biological mother. Wow. And being able to recognize that and wrestle with that and sift through that and then going to visit our sisters for the first time. Again, I re- saw, like, okay, if I'm called to be religious, I'm probably called to be a Franciscan because I'm like just the, the grittiness of Francis and the grittiness of Franciscan spirituality, the messiness of it. It just resonates with me. The all inness of him. Mm-hmm. Not that the other the founders passion. are not, but like mm-hmm. there's there's just something that yeah, the dramatic flair. I, I had a professor in college who would say Francis had a flair for the dramatic, and I just thought, <laughs> I kind of do too. We can there's see that, it. you know. Um, so I visited our sisters for the first time because of all the all the Franciscan communities, there was always something about ours when I would watch them on campus. Now, I did avoid them. They would try to invite me to come visit their convent, and I was like, I don't know. I'm going home to see my boyfriend this weekend. Or like, <laughs> different things, you know. Um, they said, well, could you play the guitar for the discernment holy hour for the women who are discerning religious life? And I was like, well, I, 
I, I could play the guitar, but I'm not discerning. Let's just be clear. You know, I just want to be clear. So I like literally go and like leave the opening song and then put my guitar aside and be like, I'm not praying. I'm not praying. La, 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 la. Cause I was so afraid that God was going to call me. And there was just a lot of fear there, mostly of the unknown. Um, and a, and a fear of sacrifice and a fear of the cross, I would have to say probably. So I, I visited our sisters, literally set foot into the convent for the first time. And it was like something that was there, touched something in my heart and a little explosion happened. And I just knew that I belonged there. Uh, it was a very similar feeling that I had when I like when I visited Franciscan as a high school senior. I, I set foot on campus, something that was there touched something that was in me. Explosion happened, and I knew that no matter the cost, literally, I needed to go there. Like that was just where I was meant to be. Uh, I had gradu- getting ready to graduate, and this this job opportunity came up in Tennessee. And on paper, in some ways, it didn't make sense. You know, I'm from Rhode Island. This job was in Tennessee. Like what what is even there? And uh, but I was interviewing for the job, and as I was interviewing for it, it was like everything that the priest was talking about matched everything that was in my heart and boom, a little explosion happened. So I had to trust that when I visited the sisters for the first time, that that same experience of the explosion in my heart matched other ways that God had led me into his will. And so that's an important piece of discernment actually is, is recognizing what are the ways that God's spoken to me in the past and what are the familiar patterns here? So that when I see something or I experience something, it, there's a, a sense of like connecting the dots. And as we connect the dots, it paints the picture of love that we're made to live. Uh, so that was 2004 was my first visit, and I entered the following year, 2005, and I made my final vows in 2015. So, 15 years, baby. Oh, Five more years until I get to go to Germany in a CC on a little little anniversary trip. It's kind uh, of a little tradition we have. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Get to go to the mother house and get to go so walk in the footsteps of our founders, Mother and Selma, and to walk in the footsteps of St. Francis. You know what I thought of whenever you were sharing your story? Frozen 2. <sighs> Into the end. Okay, so we talked about that a lot in our discernment group because I was like, you guys, did anyone else get any theological messages out of this movie? Because I did. But So, spoiler alerts, if you haven't seen the movie, just so you know, we're going to talk about it in detail right now. Um, Because, so, the new Let It Go song is Into the Unknown, which Sister beautifully just demonstrated for us. And in the song, Elsa... Who, you know, per Frozen 1, has <laughs> become this happier, carefree-ish person. <laughs> Emphasis on the ish. Um, Anna, Kristoff, everybody hanging out in the palace. It's great. It's fun. But she's starting to hear this voice. And so his sister was talking. I just imagine you, like, dating this guy, getting this job. And you're like, yeah, that's it. Like, this is... I, I got my minivan... This is great. But in the song, Elsa starts hearing this voice. And as she starts singing Into the Unknown, um, she literally says, I can hear you, but But I I won't. Yeah. And long story short, by the end of the song, so the whole song is her being like, I'm I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown. So exactly what Sister was saying. At the end of the song, we've never talked about this, but I, I got this out of it as you were saying this. Like... At the end of the song, she finally just lets go, hearkening back to the first movie. And when she lets go, there's an explosion out of her heart that like, I know the Holy Spirit's moving. Like there's this literal explosion from her heart that goes out into the world. And all of a sudden, I don't really know what they are. They're like little ice cube looking things that are all through the air, but it literally explodes out of her. Hmm. And then they all like fall to the ground and you realize later, um, 
as she's unpacking what was on those images, she's like, earth, fire, like whatever, which end up being the spirits that are calling her. And so it's so interesting Mm. that you literally use the word, like whatever it was, like explosion when you were sharing, because it was like, no, those things that like hearken Elsa in this song that like are foreshadowing what's coming, like in the same way, when we look back at our lives, it's like, oh, I was struck at Franciscan or I was struck during this class Mm -hmm. or when this person said the thing about this order. So actually one of our sisters was my professor and one day she just kind of threw out like the scripture verse, we shall look upon the one whom we have pierced. And she Mm -hmm. just said it. And there was something like, as she said it, that it pierced me. And I remember sitting in this church by myself, like when I was living in Tennessee and gazing at this crucifix and hearing her, like that, that voice of her saying, we shall look upon the one whom we have pierced kind of bubbled up. And I was like, no, 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 shove, 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 <laughs> down. Uh, but yeah, like little pieces like that. Yeah. You know, and this is kind of too, you know, Jesus, when he multiplies the loaves and fishes, right? What happens at the end, they gather up all the fragments. And when you put all the fragments together, you see the abundance of God. And so sometimes in our lives and in our stories, there's these fragments. But when we take the time to discern and to like actually sit down with Jesus, again, key prepositional phrase, mm-hmm. we sit down with Jesus and we gather all the fragments together we're able to see what we have before us. And things make a lot more sense when you see them in the wholeness as opposed to the scattered pieces and the scattered fragments. Yeah. There's, there was a young woman in the group with me that sister was leading. And at one point she sent this little picture into our group chat. And I'm going to try to remember what it said because it was so perfect for this. It was like, here in the silence, I'm leaning into rest, finding unexplainable peace as I wait for what's next Hmm. like leaning into the unknown and not knowing what's coming next there's also this beautiful prayer and I don't know who it's by or what but it talks about just like allowing yourself to experience yourself not fully realized and if you are anything like me, and I'm sure sister before her vocation, like it's, in my vocation sometimes. Yeah, it's like hard. It is so hard to wait. And it's okay. Like it's okay to yeah. name that and to name that like hurt and that it's a struggle. And to realize and recognize that even when we feel like we've arrived, also like a danger too in the discernment culture is like, I'm going to discern my vocation and then everything's going to be great because I'm going to be in my vocation. Mm -hmm. But really, there's no such thing as arrival until heaven. And so all of us, like that ache of like, I'm waiting is only a foreshadowing of the ache that all of us continue to have until heaven, uh, until our hearts are full and completed in heaven. Yeah, that's such a good point. I definitely find myself being tempted to think that like, once I'm whatever, yeah. then it'll be yeah. easier. Nope. And that's, that's not true either. We're always becoming, uh, we're, we are always becoming. We had a sister who was 94 years old. She passed away a couple weeks ago. And just mm-hmm. to, to watch the beauty of her even last surrender in death. Like there's something about even then she was still becoming. And death, by the way, is really beautiful in the convent. Like there's just something about the waiting for the bridegroom to come in a very tangible way that it just makes death different than it is anywhere else in the world. That's so beautiful. Also another random Frozen 2 thing. It's like a vocation director's dream. Next to Moana, it's like vocation director's dream movie. But there's another song called Do the Next Right Thing. And this is like my, my big thing, working with the women in Love's Reply or just in general, like just take the next right step. Like that's what's best for your discernment. You, Cause you can't just sift and sift and sift and not do anything ever. Mm-hmm. You sift and then you respond with Jesus. 
you sift with Jesus and then you respond with Jesus. Jesus, how are you inviting me to move, to change, to grow, to expand uh, in, in the midst of this? And so for, I encourage the women at the end of Blood to reply like, okay, at the end of these six months, or I guess it ended up being a little bit longer because, you know, that yeah. thing that shall not be named. But uh, when we got to that point, it was time for everyone to make a step. And so whether that's to recognize, okay, I really do not believe that I'm called to religious life based on the heart work that I've done over the past nine months or whatever. Um, or I, I do believe that I need to take a step closer towards religious life. So whether that's actually starting to visit communities or whether that's asking for papers for a community, for a community like one of the young women did, just finding what is the next right step. Um, and a lot of times the next right step is a step out of your comfort zone. Actually, every time. The next right step is always a step out of your comfort zone, but it's a, mat- it's a matter of how far are you being invited to step outside of that zone. How far I'll go. Hashtag Moana. Hashtag Lin-Manuel Miranda. It all comes it's around. It's all full circle. Like, mm-hmm. God is good, and he meets you where you're at. And if you're like me and Sister Carolyn, he's going to meet you at every Disney movie you watch. Or any Probably. musical you yeah. watch. Yeah. All the things. <laughs> All the things. But it's so it's so true. And we just really want to speak into that. Whoever you are, whether you've never heard the word discernment before, whether you've ever thought about your capital V vocation as far as like, am I going to be married one day? Am I going to be a priest or a nun? Am I going to be a single person in the world? Which nobody seems to talk about. Like... It's just a I have matter feelings of... about that. That's a whole other episode sometime. <laughs> yeah, that, anyway. dude. Me too. I've heard that, but we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. Anyway, it's easy to get caught up in the future. And for me, after I believed, after doing a novena to St. Therese, actually, four years ago, um, that was the first time I ever intentionally prayed about my vocation. And I just really felt like through that novena, the Lord was asking me to say yes to religious life. And it's super crazy. Yesterday I was reflecting on all this in adoration. Again, like looking back over the years and at the fragments. And I was like, wow. He wasn't asking me to like say yes to a lifelong commitment on day two of this novena. He was simply asking me to bring my fears to him, actually. Because at that point in my life, I was like, kind of like sister, like, no, I'm not even going to think about religious life because I'm scared of what that will mean. And so four years ago at the start of this whole discernment journey in particular of mine, like it was just this, I'm going to try to figure it out rather than let the Lord lead me. And so it was interesting because looking back on that now, I can see that that novena, the graces were just surrender the fear of religious life, which a couple years later turned into fears of marriage. Mm. So then it was running to religious life for the wrong reasons. Um, and then like being afraid of marriage and last summer having the Lord just, I felt like so firmly convicted me to be like, okay, you need to bring your fears to me again and being like, what are you talking about? I do that. And he's like, no, you don't. You bottle them up and then say, you trust me, but how can you trust me if you're not actually telling me how you feel? Spent hours that day. Relational prayer. Yeah. <laughs> like, Acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. Arr, pray like a pirate. Pray like a pirate. I love that. But yeah, and it's so true. And it wasn't something that I was good at or com- comfortable with because out of your comfort zone is where the Lord wants you to go. And I spent hours that day in adoration journaling. And I, I was unearthing all these fears surrounding marriage. And then 
later that same week I was visiting a different convent just for fun to visit friends. And that that night we watched this amazing video that I had seen before but had never like had this part stand out to me. Um, a Dominican sister in that video said, she looked straight at the camera and she was like, if you don't want to be a wife and mother, you probably want to make a good sister. And that hit home because it was just this humbling moment of, well, I'm not ready for whatever it is. And it was this invitation again to let go and let God lead me. And so we just really want to speak into that. Like if you are this person for whatever reason who just feels this pressure and this anxiety surrounding discernment and surrounding your future, God's not there. There's a reason that you feel anxious about it. Like you're not there. Daily grace is what we pray for and the Our Father. So he gives you the grace unto today. So it's like, what is the step he's asking you to take? Like sister was saying today. And if you have no desire to discern religious life and don't feel called like what what would you say in that instance sister does everyone need to discern religious life i think that everyone needs to ask jesus the way that their heart was made to love and you know you bring up therese which is ironic that i'm going to talk about her because she's kind of my saintly friend of me another again another episode another time uh but you know what does she say that in the heart of the church my mother i will be love and ultimately each of us is called to make a gift of self each of us is called to love in a very particular way and so it's not about like figuring something out. It's about just opening our hearts to receive love and then making that re- reply of love, which is why I call the group Love's Reply. Just that invitation to receive so that you can reply in the way that you were created to reply. And again, you're with Jesus. So even, even going outside of your comfort zone, if Jesus is your comfort, stepping out of your own comfort zone, if you're in him, is actually not as scary as you might think it is. Mm, that's beautiful. Because you're still with him. And he's never going to leave you alone. He is the good shepherd. He is so gentle. He is so tender. I was reading in adoration today, part of Consoling the Heart of Jesus. Oh, I'm so good. I'm yeah. on like page 30. Okay, but already so good. And today was reflecting on one line that just hit me. So I stopped and just was praying with it. And it was all about that. And it was like, Jesus is actually gentler with us than we are with ourselves. So do not give into this temptation to feel anxious about anything, first of all, but especially what he's asking you to do because he's going to show you and he's going to tell you. And um, the night, so going back to way earlier, the night that stuck out to me in Love's Reply more than any other was when we talked about the nature of a call and what a call is. For me, looking back on the last four years, I can clearly see how I was trying to call myself to religious life. That the Lord, I firmly believe, had invited me, well, for sure, invited me to let go of my fears so that I wasn't afraid of whatever, but also that I I was just so set on trying to figure it out that I was like, no, I just think this is it, and just was going horse blinders in the direction of religious life rather than experiencing his leading me there if that makes sense i want to i want to say something too like that's actually a little bit more rare for someone to um kind of call themselves to religious life although it does happen quite a bit and as a vocation director i see that and i have to sift when i'm conversing with these women too but i think more often than not there's a lot of catholic young adults who are calling themselves to marriage that are probably not Mm. called to marriage Uh, because there's it, it is it's the natural vocation and so 
Um, it takes a little bit more work to discern a call to religious life if that is a direction. So some people just kind of stop. I'm just going to live on the natural level and stay right here because then I won't have to put on any, any work in case something else comes up. But mm-hmm. you can't even call yourself to marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you and yeah, just just a thought. Just kind of it's not it's not marriage isn't something you slide into. It's not a default. It it is a vocation. It is a call mm-hmm. from God. And so the invitation even has to be there to step into the possibility that your heart is made for marriage. So wherever you find yourself, to just to be in a space of, I'm open to let Jesus call me. I'm putting myself in a space and a place so that he can call me, so that the Father's gentle voice can beckon me forward in whatever direction he would like to move. Mm. I love St. Ignatius, as I'm sure Sister can relate. He's so good and talks a lot about discernment through desolation and consolation, um, being like when you feel close to God versus when you don't, anxiety versus peace. Um and I think that's a large part of it too. And you look back on your journey and you can, you can name if you take the time and take it to prayer, like where, where was I anxious? Was it in the general direction of this job or this vocation or like where, where is the peace leading me? What would you yeah. say about I would say that? that that is true, but that should not be done without a spiritual director mm. because the idea of being a sister made me anxious because I didn't understand. It. I didn't know what that meant, but that doesn't mean I'm not called. Um, or the idea of getting married, like that, that could make someone anxious. That doesn't mean they're not mm. called because the peace is not even a peace that has, that's like the peace, like a peace versus anxiety. It's a deep, it's a peace that only Jesus can give. It's a peace that the world cannot give. And so if you are looking for peace or anxiety in the way that the world gives peace and anxiety, you're looking in the wrong place. Um, when Ignatius talks about desolation, he uses very specific language. And I think that's another, that's another episode for another time. But I think the word desolation gets thrown around a lot when it's not actually the desolation that Ignatius is talking about. Really? Um, I think a lot of people think they experience natural desolation and then they call it spiritual desolation because we want to spiritualize everything. But really, I was, I was on a March for Life trip one time. I'd just been on a bus for 18 hours. I needed a shower. I hadn't eaten anything all day. And I was really cranky. And this one sister, I was about to do something as part of the trip. And she goes, it's just the enemy. He's trying to get at you. And I said, no, actually, I'm just tired and hungry. <laughs> you know, really, really. But yeah. this is not a spiritual issue. This is a very human thing. Mm-hmm. And so I took a shower. I changed my clothes. I had a sandwich. <laughs> and you know what? Oh, gosh, the desolation went away. Because it wasn't desolation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I think you have to be careful about that, too. Um, mm-hmm. But just to recognize that. The peace that Jesus wants to give is a peace that the world cannot give. And it's a peace that you can't find for yourself. Visiting the convent, like, honestly, I felt like I was going to be sick to my stomach and throw up everywhere. But there was a peace that was in my heart that said, this is it. This is it, even if I want to throw up. Even if it's uncomfortable. Even if 4.35 in the morning is not easy. The peace was way deeper than the things that were happening on the natural level. I love... Thank you for sharing that. I love... The way you just said all of those things and that you named spiritual direction. Guys, I'm going to say that till I'm blue in the face. Like spiritual direction is so good. Some people will say you don't need a spiritual director. I'm not going to comment on that. For me personally, in my life, I would not be the person I am today having walked the path that I had if I had not had spiritual directors. Because for the same reasons that Sister just said... My spiritual directors over the last four years, because around that time was when I first had a spiritual director, um, they were able to see my situation in ways that I couldn't and could name things based off of what I was saying that I had no idea were there. And then when, like, as soon as they would say something, 
I'd be like, wait, really? Like earlier this year, um, long story short, I just really thought that I was supposed to have like this job and this was the next right step. And I went to spiritual direction and was like, oh Lord, please just like, let me have clarity through this like spiritual direction because this situation I'm just hung up on. And I told my spiritual director about it and he was like, well, why, why do you feel called to do that thing? And he was just raising all these really good points and I was kind of explaining myself and he finally just looked at me and he was like, every one of those reasons was a selfish reason. And I was like, Hmm. excuse me, because it's so easy to not see things clearly when it's yourself and you think you're following what God wants you to do. And then boom, someone is able to step into that with love and be like, actually, I don't think that's God. You know, and the role of a spiritual director is not to tell you what to do. Um, if you have someone who's telling you what to do, you probably don't have a good spiritual director. Just mm-hmm. calling that out. Um, but the role of a spiritual director literally is to be a mirror and to hold up the reality for you so that you can see reality from the outside um, and to ask really hard questions. The spiritual director has to be listening and asking the right questions. If you are, whether you're a young adult, whether you're anyone, if you are interested in spiritual direction, Sister, do you have any recommendations for like how to find a spiritual director or how that works? Because I don't, I just pray about it. I've literally mm-hmm. just just asked God before, like, send me a spiritual director, and He has. And I could go into that, but I don't yeah. know if there are like usually resources on a parish or an archdiocese. I have no idea. It's kind of sketch sometimes. So pray about I, it. Pray about it. Ask the Lord to send you someone. <laughs> God's good. And know too that maybe for you, you don't need to talk to a spiritual director every month. Maybe for you, actually, where you're at in your life and where you're at in your discernment or where you're at just in general. Uh, it, it like, you know, a few times a year would be sufficient. Um, maybe you need a little bit more and then there might be seasons of your life where you need to have a little bit more regularly or a little less regularly. Um, so just be open to that and be open to the person that God might want to send you. I'm a big fan too, of maybe not necessarily spiritual direction, but spiritual mentoring, just to have someone who's Mm -hmm. ahead of you, who knows Jesus, who knows the voice of Jesus, who's ahead of you, who's walking the life of a disciple who can just be a good spiritual mother or a good spiritual father to you. doesn't necessarily have to have that title of director. doesn't necessarily have to be trained as a spiritual director, but just to have older brothers and sisters or mothers and fathers in the faith to walk with, to accompany, and to, to shove you into holiness, come what may, you know. <laughs> shove you into Sometimes holiness. Sometimes it's what you got to do. I'm just going hey. to shove you into the heart of Jesus and leave you there for a little bit. You know? <laughs> Let's just soak. <laughs> It's the sacred heart, or today is the first Friday of the month, so that's appropriate too. Sacred heart of Jesus, so good. So good. Sister, thank you. I have no idea where we went or if we covered what we said we were going to cover, but I feel like the spirit moved, so. Yeah, I had fun. Did you have fun? This was so fun. I feel like we could probably, we could have a whole series. I think because there was enough things that I said, that's for another episode. Yeah, so when sister comes back to Kansas City, if you want to see her again, comment below with which episode slash episodes you'd like like to see her in. But seriously, thank you. Sister, thank you for coming. Thanks for the invitation. Is yeah. there anything else that you're like, hmm, on this topic? Just on every topic. And because I'm named after John Paul II in religious life, the Carolyn is with a K. You should know that. It's an important piece. I sometimes <laughs> introduce myself as Sister Carolyn with a K. But, um, and just to echo his words, which are really echoing Jesus' words in all of this stuff, guys, be not afraid. Because Jesus loves you. The Father has a plan for you. And he wants to love you into that plan uh, through 
cut through whatever needs to happen, you know, and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's, I mean, it's all, it's always good, but sometimes it's hard and that's okay. Cause again, you're with Jesus parentheses, you know, gotta have that prepositional phrase, but inside my ring, I have two phrases that are engraved and be not afraid is one and Duke and Alton put out into the deep is the other. Cause if you're afraid, you can't go deep. Um, don't hang around in the shallow end. It's boring and it's keeping yourself safe. Uh, but take the risk of love and go out into the deep end. It's where all the fun and the adventure is, and that's where the good catches of fish are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and John Paul II, pray for us because it's almost your feast day, too. So, Amen. And if you want a very practical, like, I just need God to speak to me on a human level, too, watch Frozen 2. And you will understand <laughs> clearly how how that works because you watch the whole movie there is pain and old wounds that come up and it hurts Dang. like Elsa's journey in that movie. I know it's animated guys. You can make fun of me. It's a, I love it. And it yeah. connected with me so deeply because that is my journey and it's not easy. Like from the beginning and from the beginning of the movie to the end, like everything she has to go through before again, we're always still becoming, but before she does like understand like what her call has been all along, um, it is hard and it's painful, but so like one last point I really want to make in the movie, you see again, spoilers, how her saying yes to, we're going to say God to God in her life, to the call, to the call. I love that. The call, it enables the people around her to respond to their call because in the first movie Anna was just going to remain a princess thought that was going to be the end of it at the end of Frozen 2 she actually is then like called to step up as the new queen of Arendelle because Elsa has been the fifth spirit this whole time there's something else for Elsa (laughs) sorry I said spoiler alert so I don't feel as bad saying it but I appreciate that sister was just going to leave it (laughs) um I kind of tend to be all passionate too. That's why I was like kind of looking at a Franciscan. <laughs> oh, if you're Catholic, you understand. If you're not, we hope that you had fun watching us have fun. That was great. Um, so yeah, sister, thank you so much. Please, if you if you liked this video, give it a thumbs up. If you enjoyed having Sister Carolyn like I did, comment below and thank her and let us know what episode you'd like to see her do next when she comes and visits. <laughs> <clears throat> and all for the greater glory of God. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So thank you again, sister, and thank you all for being with us. God bless, and hope to see you back here again soon. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission, we would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing Joy and Hope full time, bringing you the inspiring creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.